STEMQ New England Northwest brings together expertise in science, technology, engineering, and mathematics from across the region. I'm Dr. James O'Hanlon, and here on the STEMQ podcast, you'll be hearing from leaders in industry, community, government, and universities about the groundbreaking innovations that are happening right here in regional New South Wales. This podcast is recorded on Anaiwan Country at the University of New England in Armadale. This episode on stories of STEMQ we're hearing from Professor Linda Agnew. Professor Agnew is a biomedical scientist and the head of the School of Science and Technology at the University of New England. This is a recording of a speech Professor Agnew gave as the occasional address to students during the autumn graduation ceremonies this year. She reflects back on her own career journey, the nature of the times we're living in now, and the challenges and opportunities facing graduating students today. I'm really honored to be here today providing the occasional address at the 2022 autumn graduation for the Faculty of Science, Agriculture, Business and Law. It is truly wonderful to be back together to be able to celebrate your achievements today. I would also like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we meet and I would like to pay my respects to their elders past and present. Graduands, the very first time I sat where you were sitting today was in 2002, 20 years ago, in fact, almost to the day. And as I sat there, I reflected on my journey to actually get to that place. And that journey had been quite torturous, actually. You see, I hadn't entered university as a school leaver. In fact, there were many barriers at the time to me entering university. No one in my family, not my parents, my grandparents, my aunts or uncles or cousins, not one person in my extended family had ever studied at university before. I also lived more than 1,000 kilometres away from the closest university. I found that the barriers were also financial at the time. I had no idea how I would support myself at university and I had no extended family to be able to provide support in a, a university location. And my 17-year-old self lacked confidence and was full of fear about the future and really had no way of navigating the road ahead into tertiary study. And my 17-year-old self was also interested in a boy. At the time, I didn't know what the future would hold, but I knew I had a passion for science and I knew that one day I wanted to pursue that. What I did though at 17 was pursued a number of other paths and it took me quite a long time to circle back to tertiary study. But when I did, more than 15 years later, UNE was here welcoming me with open arms and providing me with a wonderful opportunity, just like it has done for each of you. As I sat where you were sitting, 
I also reflected on how grateful I was for the support of everyone who had enabled me to get to that point. I was also slightly terrified because I wasn't really sure what would come next. And you know, it's okay if you feel that way. If you're not sure what the next step is, my encouragement to you today is to be open to all possibilities and opportunities that might come your way. So here, 20 years later, I find myself standing before you, delivering the occasional address. And it's quite fitting that today is also the World Immunology Day. And as an immunologist, I am so excited that we can celebrate the World Day of Immunology together. As someone who has taught and researched and been passionate about immunology, it's so great to be able to celebrate our immune systems. Today, uh, the World Day of Immunology theme is vaccines, which of course is a very pertinent topic. Now you might not know that the Englishman Edward Jenner is considered to be the father of vaccines for his work on developing the vaccine for smallpox way back in 1796. Now, in fact, he wasn't the first to actually work on dealing with infectious diseases via some form of inoculation or vaccination. In fact, for many, many hundreds of years beforehand, people across the globe had been investigating, just quite by chance sometimes, how to deal with infectious diseases. Jenner, though, is credited as being the father of, of vaccines because he was the first one to undertake scientific studies to demonstrate the effectiveness of his technique. Now, what he actually did was he extracted pus from the blisters of those who were infected with the cowpox virus. And then he inoculated other people with that pus and they formed an immune reaction against smallpox. Now I'm sure like me, you're really relieved that over the ensuing years, there has been a lot of research and investment and groundbreaking innovation into the development of vaccines so that we have effective and reliable vaccines against so many infectious agents, including COVID-19. So what a wonderful remembrance today on World Day of Immunology. Now, the Vice-Chancellor mentioned that I lost my sight partially in 2005, and then that became a full loss of sight in 2015. So at that time, I had a choice to make. I could choose to walk away from all of the hard work and effort that I'd put in over seven or eight years to obtain a PhD, to work in the field of my passion of science. I could choose to walk away from that or I could choose to fight for the career that I really had worked so hard for. And I'm standing before you today, so I'm sure you can guess which choice I made. I'm really 
grateful for the support that I received to be able to continue in my career. But it's really unfortunate that for many others in similar situations to mine, they don't have that support. The World Health Organization has indicated that there are over one billion people in the world who have some form of disability. It's one in five individuals. In Australia, that translates to 4.5 million individuals. What's really disappointing though, is that for all individuals who graduate with a bachelor or higher level qualification, less than half of those are people with some form of disability. In fact, as you progress through academic careers, the figures are even more startlingly dissonant. In America, for example, we know that those graduating with a doctoral qualification in the fields of STEM, those with a disability only form 2% of that cohort. We know from information in the United Kingdom that for those who do have a qualification in STEM, their, their opportunities for employment are significantly reduced if they have a disability. In Australia, our general employment figures are that the unemployment rates for people with a disability is more than double that of people who don't have a disability. And those figures have not improved over the last 20 years. That's despite the fact that the Australian Network on Disability have published numerous studies where they've looked at small to medium enterprises and employment and participation rates for people with disability. And you might find their findings to be quite surprising. People with disability in the workforce are found to be 10 times more effective in their roles. Their customer service is found to be five times better. And they are nine times more likely to innovate. They also take less sick days and they tend to be more loyal to the organisation they work for, staying in employment with that organisation for longer periods. So today, I hope that in sharing those figures with you, that you might be able to consider assessing your assumptions on the abilities of people with disability in study and in the workforce, and that you might leave here today dedicated to a life of facilitating access and inclusion for all. Now today is World Day of Immunology, but I found out that yesterday was the Global Pay It Forward Day. Now, pay it forward is a concept of um, expressing small acts of kindness to others, and in particular, it's the notion of, as people uh, express kindness to you in some way, it's a great idea to pay that forward to someone else. Now, personally, I don't think we should need an actual day to remember to do that. We should be, try to be kind to everyone at all times. 
But I'm standing here today because I'm standing on the shoulders of so many people who have provided me with support and opportunities. So I'm going to pay it forward to you today and to give you Linda's tips on how you might move forward in your life. Some of the things that I have found that have helped me that I hope will help you to reflect on your journey, whatever that might look like when you leave here today. So first tip, first and foremost, establish yourself a set of core values and be intentional about living to those core values. Number two, become self-aware but not self-absorbed. And in becoming self-aware, those are the opportunities where we have um, the chance for the best growth and we can become the best version of ourselves. Number three, continue to have an inquiring mind. Make sure that all that you do in life is evidence-based. We are surrounded by so much information and disinformation. I hope we've equipped you with the skills to be able to seek evidence-based approaches to decisions that you make and to what you do in your life. Next, I'd like to encourage you to surround yourself with a cheer squad. You've got some here today with you who've supported you through your journey. But surrounding yourself with mentors is an incredibly valuable opportunity for those who have come before to help guide and lead you whatever the path is that you choose to take. I also want to encourage you to be a cheer squad for someone else or multiple someone else's because you're sitting there in a position where you can provide mentoring and support to others who perhaps are studying now or are in your workplaces. So please be a cheer squad and be a mentor for others as well. And my final point is please do not let any of the roadblocks you might face, challenges, adversity, disappointment, failure, rejection, any of the things that you might face in your life, please don't let them deter you from setting and achieving your goals, whatever they might be. Because in 20 years time, who knows where you'll be. Thank you. Thanks for joining me here on the STEMQ podcast. Stay tuned to hear more stories as we work to empower STEM innovation through the STEMQ precinct.